This episode of the Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S DETOX for $20 off any order of $50 or more with Bitsbox. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and once again, I am live at the Dad 2.0 Summit in San Antonio. With me is a very special guest, the CEO of Bark Technologies, Mr. Brian Basin. Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before we kind of went live, and I want you to... So let me back up a little bit. So we have... In today's world, there is always situations where I am having conversations with parents or relatives who have older children who have smartphones or devices, and they're always spot checking it, and they are always concerned because it's always a source of conflict, right? They always are like, you know, my my kids don't want me to to grab their devices and check them or see what they're up to or stalk them or whatever. That was air quotes, stalk. Uh, (laughs) I I did it for you, but then I'm like, nobody else is going to see that, hear the air quotes. But... But they're like, you know, I don't know what to do, but I don't want them to get bullied and I don't want them to commit suicide because they're cyberbullying, but this is the best way I know. And I'm like, I feel like there's got to be something better out there than what you're currently doing. There has to be something better. And lo and behold, Bark Technologies comes to the Dad 2.0 Summit. You gave a talk today about how there is something better. So tell us about what that is and we'll kind of dig down deep into what that means for us as a society kind of moving forward. Yeah, so I actually founded Bark for basically the, kind of dilemma that you were just articulating. Right. Um, you know, I've got two kids who are now 13 and 10, pushing 14 and 11. And, uh, you know, when we gave our oldest uh, his first device, I started to realize as a parent that uh, it was a difficult thing to navigate. Right. And which was surprising to me because I've worked in technology and specifically mobile and social technology for, for quite a while. And so, you know, I, I felt like I, I ought to know how to do this. And right, I just didn't. Right, and, right. and really, I started talking to a lot of parents and they all told me, well, I spot check my kid's phone. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about, you know, things ranging from cyberbullying to sexually inappropriate content to online predators to, right. you know, just a wide gamut of things. Um, and so I understood their, um, you know, desire to make sure their kids were safe. And the only mechanism they felt like they had was to spot check their, their kid's phone. It felt incredibly ineffective though. Uh, right. And, you know, cause at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're only checking it periodically. So things are deleted or in the past. And I mean, how much are you going to do that? Um, it's also just a major friction point with kids. Right. And that's, I mean, I just didn't want to have to have that constant struggle with my kids of, let me see your phone. Right. Um, Plus, then, even in that situation, you're probably seeing less than 1% of what they're actually consuming on a daily basis, to your point. That's right. Yeah, the volume is just incredibly high. I mean, kids are, on average, on, you know, a half a dozen or more different platforms, ranging from text messages to Instagram to Snapchat to, you know. And then on top of that, there's hundreds of messages a day on all of those platforms. I mean, it's just, it's the volume, the sort of child-parent dynamic there, all of it makes spot checking just really fraught with, you know, uh, uh, problems. So... 
you know, that was kind of the impetus to, uh, to start Bark. I like it. So you used to work at Twitter, right? Is that correct? I, I did. Yeah. They, um, so I've done three previous startups okay. uh, and the last one was acquired by Twitter. So I was working at Twitter at the time. Yeah. When my, you know, we decided to give our, we, we caved and, you know, like <laughs> yeah, he was going yeah. to middle school right, and we right. thought, all right, now's the time he should right. have, he should have a phone. Right. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was really what started it. And so what we do is um, we basically, we, we try to use some really cool technology that we've developed. Um, we, uh, we basically have taught using machine learning, we've taught a machine to be able to understand things like bullying or sexually inappropriate content right. or, um, uh, you know, drug usage and right. acts of violence, things like that. And so we can analyze text messages, emails, social media, um, and then basically alert parents when there's a problem. Right. So to be clear, we don't give parents full access to read all the Okay, kids that was going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah. Because I know there's a lot of people that would be like, well, I, I want to do this because I want to make sure they're safe, but I don't want my kids to find out about it or know about it and think that like I'm constantly, you know, big brother in the sky watching them every single, not the TV show, but like, you know, the metaphorical <laughs> right. big brother currently watching all of their data and, and just checking through all their content. So you're yep. saying we, we put this on here, it monitors their activity, but the parents don't have full unfiltered access to every single thing on their phone. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's actually a really important um, sort of stance that we've taken as a company. I like it. We, we want to actually empower uh, parents to have better relationships with their kids. Right. So we, we view, you know, when you get an alert as a parent, these are teachable moments. Even setting up Bark, we hope that that's a teachable moment. We, we very strongly advocate that you don't do this without your kids' knowledge. Right. Um, I mean, they're, and you're, having, you're telling them to have a dialogue up front about right. what this is, what this means, why we're doing it, and how we can all be on the same page. We mean the, the metaphorical we as a family unit being on the same page about it. That's, that's 100% right. And I mean, it, it's no different than, you know, you teach your ch kids to wear a seatbelt when they right. get in the car or you make them wear a bike helmet when they get on a bike. Right. This is no different. It's the online equivalent. There are, you know, there's tricky people out there on, on, in the world that yeah. kids aren't, uh, you know, able to, to kind of deal with inherently. So, so, you know, it's not, it's not just because you want to catch them doing bad stuff. It's actually right. far more about um, protecting them from outside dangers. And right. obviously, you know, the, the brain is not fully formed until you're in your 20s. Right. And so decision-making, I mean, it's true of adults, too. We all, right. make, we all make dumb <laughs> yeah. choices. But, yeah. but especially kids, there's, um, you know, there's a, a propensity to make poor choices when you're yep. a kid because you're supposed to kind of push boundaries and explore. Right. And so we're trying to walk that line and thread that needle. How, how do we give parents awareness to the things that they need to know about, but simultaneously give kids the freedom to be kids and to, right. and to try things and explore and have, and really build some autonomy around their digital citizenship. Right. And it's a good learning opportunity as well, not just in, in providing that safety net, but in also saying like, this is what is appropriate. This is what is not appropriate. Yep. Let's work, you know, let's kind of like digitally hold hands as we're navigating this world of you've got your phone, we're putting the safety net out there. We trust you, but we want to just make sure we're always covering our bases because it is a little scary to think about that you put something out there and it is out there, you That's know, right. or you interact with somebody or you have an engagement and it's always there no matter what you do. And that, that as an adult was like mind boggling to comprehend. I mean, I had an old Zanga blog and I'm so glad <laughs> that that's not there, but I know that somebody has got the files somewhere. Right. Yep. You know, and I'm just like, I hope I, it wasn't too embarrassing, you know, but it's, but you know, but I can't think about if that had been at the level it is now and I had been engaging with it at the level I was engaging with whatever technology was available then. Now, if, if you're following my train of thought and not having something like bark able to kind of catch me when I fell. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky in that I didn't have any of these type of negative interactions that bark is helping to prevent and, and notify the parents about, but 
had I had it, there wouldn't have been anything out there, you know, kind of a thing. And so I just think it's really, it's a great resource for parents to have. So if, if I guess what, what would you say is something that, so Bark has this great program and great software and great technology app that we're using, but what are, what do you see as the, the, the future of Bark, I guess I could say. So like we've talked about like kind of the origin and we've talked about kind of what, what you're doing currently, but kind of like, where do you see this going? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even with our current, with our current product, we're, I feel like at the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. We we currently, um, you know, we, we help uh, protect 3 million kids around the U S which we're very excited about. And I think we've made, you know, tremendous amount of impact. I mean, again, just to, you know, sort of hone in on, on the problems that we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier. I mean, we've, um, as a company detected, um, over 10,000 imminent suicidal situations. We send out about a dozen imminent suicidal alerts every day. That, um, that's both like good and horrifying to hear at the same time. Totally. It's the best and worst part of our job. No question. I mean, you know, we, we certainly are extremely proud when, you know, we get parents writing in all the time that say, Hey, your, your product saved my child's life. Right. That feels great. It also feels horrible as a parent to realize the scope of the, of the problem. It feels very overwhelming. Um, you know, we've helped pr- prevent, you know, uh, 16 school shootings by working with the FBI when we've detected things. Whoa. Um, like, that's just like that. Like, that is just I like just thank you guys for doing that. That is just I mean, because you don't you don't hear about this stuff, right? You only hear about it when it is when it happens. And it's so amazing. It's so great to hear about somebody being able to have a system that is proactive to be able to take care of this stuff before we're having a funeral, before we're having these kind of conversations, we're able to kind of nip it in the bud as it were. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the, the good news, uh, if there is any, which is what we've kind of built the company around is that these problems are detectable. Um, Almost always there, there's some sign of these uh, tragedies that happens digitally before. Mm -hmm. And so if we're looking in the right place, that gives us an opportunity to intervene. Um, so those are, you know, certainly the extreme situations that we, we look for and we're very proud of that. But I, I will say that, you know, this is also super valuable to parents whose kids aren't going through something that severe. Um, this is not just for suicide prevention and school shooting prevention. Um, you know, as a parent, I, you know, fortunately, my, my kids haven't experienced those kinds of things. But I am a user of our a very heavy user of our, of our product. And, you know, I, I definitely do get alerts, especially about for my older son. And it's been instrumental in helping to guide him as he goes through challenging situations that aren't necessarily severe, but that in aggregate matter. And mm-hmm. so as a parent, you just don't always have the awareness about those problems. And so, you know, getting those alerts gives you the opportunity to have a conversation. And, and really that's what we're hope, we hope we're doing is facilitating better conversations with kids. Right. And that's why with the alerts that we send, we also package uh, that with recommended actions. Okay. So this could be ways to talk to your child about that. Oh, that's really uh, good. Or yeah. practical steps to take other resources you can utilize. So as a parent, it's hard and it's always been hard. Right. It's especially hard in the digital age. Right. Um, I tease my parents all the time that they had it super easy, uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when, when right. I was a kid, right. uh, cause you know, really the, the, the scope of, of parenting has just exploded with, with, yeah. uh, technology. So yeah, I, that's, that's our goal. And that's really the long-term vision is just how do we do that even better? How sure. do we facilitate those conversations? Um, you know, even better than we do today. And I think it's so rewarding to hear about the recommended actions because there was a lot of times where I have had conversations with friends where they have have spot check their kid's phone, right? Cause they don't know about bark and they've seen some instances of cyberbullying, and they've gone, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know the yeah. first thing to do. And if I confront my child about it, I, they're going to shut down. Yeah. So I don't want to confront them. But at the same time, if I don't talk about it, 
where's this going to go? Where's this going to end up? And I'm just at a loss. And, and I, you see that time and time again with a lot of families and with a lot of parents and, and a lot of just conversations. And so a lot of people will either do nothing yep. or they'll cut everything out. Right. And then like as a adolescent child or as a teen or whatever, your instant reaction when that happens, if you, if the parent shuts it off is to rebel, yep. is to do the far extreme thing that they can just to, just to get away. And you don't want that. And so to hear bark is like, no, let's, let's not cut off technology. It's here. It's staying. It's evolving. We, we, as a parent, as an educator, as a community need to evolve with it. That's right. And so bark is trying to say, look, let's, let's use it. Let's work together and let's hear some next steps for you to go to the next level, have conversations because we're trying to empower our children to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And you can't do that by cutting out tools that they can use to empower themselves with. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, our, our job as parents is to, you know, equip our kids with the tools they need to be self-sufficient ultimately. Right. Um, and it's very hard to do that if you uh, don't allow them to ever trip and fall and skin their knee, if you right. don't allow them to, you know, grow and develop, if, you know, so, and I would say that whether we usually argue whether it's good or bad, but right. technology has become an integral part of you know socialization right. now. So if you take um, technology away from a child, uh, oftentimes that's that's their connection with their friends. Right. And right. again, I'm not suggesting that that may be the best thing, uh, but but that is true. And yeah. for in our in, in in today's world, and so there's other ramifications when you start just pulling devices away. Um, and I would argue that doing nothing uh, statistically is a very bad option. Right. Um, I mean, again, this, this, this is sort of, th these are the thoughts that led me to, sure. to create Bark because I, doing nothing was not an option. I, right. I, I know the statistics way too well. Um, every child, um, whether we just, we scan for such a wide amount of things, pretty much every child will experience one of those things at some point. Mm -hmm. And if it's not them directly, it's their circle of friends. Right. A lot of the suicide situations that we help to prevent are not necessarily the child that's being monitored, monitored by bark. It's their friends. Right. And, you know, asking a 12 or 13 year old, uh, to know how to handle a situation where their friend tells them that they're, you know, looking for how to kill themselves and they're making a plan. They're not equipped to deal with that. Right. It's hard as an adult. I've gone through that and it's yeah. hard as an adult, but especially as a, as a child, it's incredibly difficult. Um, and frankly, it's just too tall of an ask for, for, for a child. So, right. you know, in those moments, it takes uh, a parent being able to intervene and be able to, to help, um, you know, give, give kids the, the help that they need in that moment. Right. Absolutely. I know I, I had, I have a friend, I'm happy to say present tense, who was suicidal at one point in his life. And he, I remember speaking to him on the phone for hours trying to convince him why he should not commit suicide. And, and that was, and I'm an adult, right? When I'm doing this yeah. and it was the single hardest thing I've had to do was trying to convince someone that they are worth living, yeah. right? Like their life is worth living. And I could not, if you would ask 12 year old me to do that, right? Or 13 year old or 14 year old me, I wouldn't know the first thing or the first way in which to start that conversation yeah. with my friend. And, and, the fact that you're, you're able as a company to, to say like, we are here to like, just make everybody better digital citizens, better, you know, in real life citizens and make everybody feel empowered to help their fellow neighbor is just tremendous. And, and I was talking, uh, uh, with, with, with you a little bit. And I was also talking with, with Rue at the booth, uh, earlier, uh, yesterday. And, and I said, you know, my daughter is four. And so we're, we're a ways away from smartphones and devices and this, mm -hmm. but I said, it has terrified me to no end to yeah. think about when my kids enter into this world, 
what do I do? I don't know. And I've kind of been a little, I hope someone figures it out because I don't know <laughs> yeah. what to do. Well, it sounds like someone has figured it out. So well, I, I mean, it's always a work in progress. Sure. Right? I mean, we, right. we, we've been able to, to, I think, do some things that have had some impact. But yeah, again, it's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, right. our, this is our mission and we're going to keep trying to get it better every day and, and, and help as many kids as we can. And, and not just help kids. I mean, you know, this is not just about, you know, helping, you know, prevent kids from doing bad things. It's also again, facilitating those conversations so that kids can, you know, make iterative progress and, and, and not make as many mistakes down, down the road. Right. Um, so, you know, we, for instance, you know, we'll, we'll catch something small. Like I get, I get alerts, uh, you know, as a parent where I'm like, you know, let me just talk to him and I can kind of course correct this, this mm-hmm. thing. And that's been hugely valuable. Whereas if I didn't have that alert, you know, it wasn't so, something so big as that he would bring it up with me, Sure. but it allows us to have you know, an honest conversation and, mm-hmm. and it kind of, you know, helps them course correct um, yeah. with, without it being a big deal down the road. And in those moments when you are able to bring it up to, a, to your son, is it something where he's aware that it's because you got an alert mm-hmm. or is it something where you're just casually bringing it up in conversation and it happens to relate? I, I assume it's because you, he knows you got the alert, but I just kind of wanted to see yeah. how do you personally deal with those kind of I don't want to say not big deal moments, but lesser, lesser severe moments, I guess yeah. maybe is a better way to clarify it as. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly um, either are fine options. I, sure. mean, I think there's, there's a, a place and a time for simply just asking some leading questions sure. and, and sure. kind of having a dialogue. That's, that's great. But yeah, we've been very upfront with, uh, with our kids that, you know, uh, we want to give you as much latitude as we can. And, uh, but we also have an obligation to keep you safe. Um, and so this is, that's why we use bark. Uh, they're very aware of it. And, um, and so, you know, certainly it's not, not a, not a big deal when we sit down and say, Hey, you know, Hey buddy, I, I got an alert about this thing. Just wanted to talk it through and mm-hmm. kind of give you my perspective on things and ask him some questions. You know, why did you, you know, why did you feel that way? Why did you act, you know, right, why did right, you right. respond that way? Whatever it might be. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been a, it, it really, um, it engenders great conversation and, right. and, and results in a much better level of trust between us because he knows there's that safety net, but he also knows we're not, we're not looking at everything. Right. And right, so, right, right. Because you th- had that conversation up front. That's right. And so that, that helps a ton uh, for him knowing that, you know, this is not a spying on you. It's just, it's the same thing. If you do something stupid at school, the teacher's going to call home to, to a parent, right? It's, it's yeah. not, it's, it's, it's in that same vein where he's like, yeah, I could see why you got that alert. And, uh, you know, I'm glad, glad we talked about it. And he's been very receptive to, uh, you know, to those kinds of conversations. That's a really good way to frame it with regards to, you know, if you do something that is against the rules or against the policy or you're acting up in school, we're going to, we're going to know about it, right? Like you can't hide that from us. So in this way, if you're doing something or getting something that is not necessarily the right thing to get or do or whatever, we're going to know about it. And we're going to talk about it. So that way we're all on the same page, yep. you know, no, nobody's in trouble. We just, we want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. And that's all we want to do. Uh, what did your son think of your, your oldest son that we've been, we've been talking about. How many kids do you have? Two, two. Okay. Yep. Uh, both boys, both boys. Okay. Okay. So your oldest son, excuse me. What did he think about this when you kind of first came up with the concept and it wasn't fully formed? Did he think it was going to be like a digital spying company or like <laughs> what, it, what, what was the, what were those early conversations? Like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, really the original idea is the, 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 the current uh, iteration of the product, which is, you know, we're not going to give parents access to all these messages. Okay. We're only going to show them uh, those, those things. And so I was very clear with him up front about that. And yeah, he was, he was very on board. Um, I mean, I think, you know, once you understand that, that nuance, that, that makes a big, um, a, 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 you know, makes a, a huge difference to sure. how they receive it. Um, I will say just as an aside, you know, in terms of when I first came up with the concept, one of my 
proudest moments as a, as a parent. My younger son, who would have been uh, six or so at the time, um, seven, uh, I, I was on a, I was, I was working from home and uh, I was on a, on a, on a conference call and I see him go outside and he's carrying a table and some stuff. And I'm like, what is he up to? Mm-hmm. And uh, I finished my call and I kind of go out to check on him. And at the end of our driveway, he set up a Kool-Aid stand and on it, uh, it says, my dad is starting a company. I'm raising money to help him. Cause he knew that I was, I was actually, I was talking to investors at the time uh, I love about it. that. And so he, he, uh, I, I like to, to tell him that he's my first investor. He raised, he raised $21. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And he gave it to me as uh, as kind of our first investment, which I thought was one of the sweetest things I've ever seen. That so. is a wise investment, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that is super awesome. I love it. So that has to be like one of your proudest parenting moments for sure is that your son was so invested in you that he literally, invested in you right yeah it was cool he donated his time and you know uh, his efforts and you know most kids when they run a kool-aid stand they're doing it because they want the money right exactly he he, you know he turned it right over he said this is for your company and i I just thought it was the coolest thing that is awesome i want you to talk to me a little bit more about maybe what what has been some of the tougher moments that you've had as a dad and in parenting what has been something that has been a real struggle that you've had to work through and and have been able to overcome and what are some of the lessons that you learned as a result of that yeah gosh that's that's a tough one. I, you know, being, being a parent is obviously no easy task. Right. And as kids get older, the, the challenges change in, in kind of how they are. You'll see as, as your yes, kids yes, get older. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I would say in, in a lot of ways, things have gotten um, easier. Certain things get harder. Uh, right. You know, for me, the, the, um, it's been interesting. My kids have very different personalities. Okay. Um, and so kind of managing the difference between those has mm-hmm. been, been sort of interesting. Um, and just really understanding... Um, especially when your child differs from you in the way that you see something. Like if, if you guys are both talking about the same situation and you just kind of see it differently and it emotionally impacts you differently. Right. Being empathetic to that is, you know, something that I've, I've really had to work on to make sure that I'm, I'm understand. Cause my, my default, I'm a software engineer by training. Yeah, right. So yeah. I'm like, let's look at this analytically. Right. Let's, right, you know, right, right, right. And, all right. Here's the answer. Okay, good. Let's right, move on. Right, right. And uh, that doesn't always cut it um, with, with kids because they may have a different emotional response to it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, as a dad, I feel like I've um, had to stretch myself and, and really try to grow in, uh, in, in, in that element of just being more empathetic and being understanding that, you know, even though your child may be, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, they, they're a little person with their own viewpoints right. and they're, those viewpoints are valid. Yeah. And even if, you know, it's easy to kind of dismiss them because they're kids, but at the end of the day, they, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're people with their own, you know, way of, of seeing things. And it's important to, to validate that. It is. And so I want to say, so now that we're talking kind of a little bit more about the software aspect of it, is that something that you always knew? Like, I want to be, uh, I, were you an engineering major? Is that what you went to school for? Or did you, I guess, let me back, 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 back it up and <laughs> say, like, where did your kind of interest in learning for software developing and uh, the engineering aspect of it, where did that all kind of come from? Because my, uh, yeah. my sister-in-law's husband is, uh, he is an engineer and he's worked for several startups developing. And so I see a little bit of it, a very little bit. And I'm always fascinated by what drives that, like from the very beginning, what has driven that kind of learning and desire and, and, and want to, to go in that route. Yeah. So a couple of things, I guess, I mean, I, I'm sure it's the, you know, nature plus nurture kind of thing, sure. I mean, you know, on, on the, the nature part of it, I, I just, as a kid, I, I really enjoyed building stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I guess I've always gravitated towards that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, 
Uh, my dad, though, the nurture part was he—he he was a, a, a computer programmer okay. uh, for IBM, and okay. so that was uh, a big a big piece of it as as well. Um, I actually went to school though wanting to be a physicist. So, Interesting. So, okay. So I studied physics. Uh, my that's my, what my degree in, is in, and I had plans of going to grad school. Okay. I really wanted to study astronomy. Okay. Nice. And um, I realized in my senior year that uh, you know when I was out, I, I was a kind of a hobbyist musician and I did yeah. a couple other things and I realized I'm out doing that stuff. Everyone else in my class is like in the lab right. working on stuff. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm not <laughs> quite cut out to be a, uh, an academic that's you know right. solely focused on astrophysics. So um, I, I, I greatly enjoyed my time and, and learned a lot of uh, stuff that now I get to try to teach my kids, sure. which is yeah, a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, the, the beauty of physics, though, is it, it translates to a lot of things. You have to take a ton right. of math. Uh, you have to, you know, do computer uh, computer science related things, so programming, et cetera. So I had I had a pretty diverse background. I also happened to graduate in 2000, which was you know sort of right in the middle of the first dot com boom. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so getting a job as a computer programmer was super easy. Right. Um, and so that was that kind of put me on the the track that I was on. Nice. And then, yeah, I mean, moved to New York, and uh, you know, ultimately started. Uh, uh, started a company with a couple other guys and it went pretty well. And then I did another one and another one. And so this is spark is my fourth, uh, fourth startup. So I'm, I'm a bit of a masochist, I guess. <laughs> so what is it? Because my, again, my sister-in-law's husband was, he, I feel weird saying like, like brother-in-law cause it's not, but yeah, the, we don't need to get into those <laughs> semantics, but he, he's role drawn to startups. And to mm-hmm. me, I don't get it. I'll just be honest. Like I don't get, I mean, but I, I, got a degree in theater and I work in finance. So like, you know, uh, the sky's the limit for where you can go. But, but, and I also do this podcast, but what was it about like startups specifically that made you go, I want, I want to do this. Is it just yeah. the, the, the want and the drive to do, so, to create something that is wholly yours and from nothing, or is it something else? Or I guess kind of what, you, what was your perspective on why you went towards the startup aspect? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things there. I mean, it certainly, one is it gives you the ability to kind of own your idea and your um, when 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 you if you start out with an idea and you think man this could really have impact you know this could this could be something um, the only way really to do that is you know you kind of have to start it from nothing okay I, I sure. mean oftentimes there are things certainly you could go to a company that might be doing it but if it's something that's never been done before right. or at least may, maybe never done in the way that you think it ought to be done you kind of have to control your own destiny to some degree. Um, so I think there's that aspect. I also, I do love building things kind of out of nothing, as you say. Sure, yeah, I, it's yeah. funny, I, I've noticed a lot of my hobbies have um, that, um, actually, the for, for a time, I, I studied um, a bit of uh, uh, biblical or hermeneutics. And okay, it, yeah, in, yeah. In, in Genesis, in the Genesis story, uh, the original uh, Hebrew is is ex nihilo. Yeah, for, yes. for how it's, so it's I studied Hebrew in school, so... Great. And, and, and so that out of nothing creation is yeah. something that I guess I've always really gravitated to. So, you know, music is something yep. where a song didn't exist before you wrote it. Right. I like woodworking, you know, okay. you well, take, there you go. I guess the wood does exist before, but right. But you like know, transforming it. Yes. And so, you know, I, I guess I've always gravitated and startups are no different. You're, yeah. you're creating something that didn't used to exist. Um, so I, I really enjoy that kind of a thing. Um, and frankly, I think there's also the early stages of a, of a company allow you to make really rapid progress and, sure. and, yeah, and it's yeah. just a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's uh, frankly, it's, it's really fun to see your idea come to life and in later stages it can be fun too, but the progress is just 
very rapid in the early stages. And so it's, it's just beautiful to, to see this thing that, you know, a week ago, a month ago was an idea. And now it's a working thing that people right. are using and getting value out of. That's a, that's a really powerful uh, experience for me. I like it. So uh, what I'm hearing is like, you're just this like really motivated individual that, that loves the concept of, of something coming from nothing. And like, let's, let's, let's see how far we can go. Like, let's go with this idea. Let's make it into something and let's see how far we can go with it. And in Bark's case, it was something that there was a very real need for, Mm -hmm. and you created it out of nothing. Like the technology that exists in our life already exists, but it's finding a way to monitor something in a safe way that gives both parents and their kids peace of mind and is still protecting and trying to educate and empower people to be better. Absolutely. And that I feel like is just full wholly what Bark is about and I absolutely love it and I I love that you created it and I love that you're at the forefront of it because you're such a really interesting and 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 cool person and hearing about how like what draws you and what drives you and what makes you want to do more and more and more is just I mean you're you're in it for like the right reasons right and you you can see a lot of times that people may not be in certain certain things for the right reasons but I can genuinely like feel that coming off of you and I it may it makes me super happy that there is a company like Bark that exists and that the the good work that they're doing is is being seen and and will continue to be seen decades and decades down the line. So thank you so much yeah, for that. Absolutely. I'm getting a little choked up because I just like I don't know, I think about like my friends' kids and I think about my kids and I'm just like it it, it already is giving me peace of mind even before like I'm using it. So I just, I love it. But all right. So now, uh, oh, before we get to the dad joke segment of the episode, which is my favorite part of the episode, uh, (laughs) what is some like last bit or lasting piece of advice you would want to give parents who maybe, let's say who, who are still maybe a little cautious about bark? Like Mm -hmm. what would be some like little last piece of of information or advice you would give them? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say to anyone who's considering it, just, you know, make sure you understand the scope of, um, what your what sh- what your children are going through, mm-hmm. um, and you know, look if if bark is not the right fit for any family for any given reason, that's okay. Um, you know, our goal is to provide a tool that that's useful to you know a wide variety of people. Um, you know, and statistically, again, I I feel like doing nothing is generally a bad idea. Um, I feel like I, I don't know of a better way to do it, sure. um, which is why I started the company. I, I legitimately did not see a better way to do it. Um, and just as a parent, that doesn't mean that everyone, you know, has, right. has the same viewpoint and that's totally okay. Um, so I, I guess I would just encourage, I, I think that fundamentally most people, if you ask a parent, what's your number one goal, they right. would say, well, let's keep my kids safe. Like, right. you know, first and foremost, we offer a product that tries to help do that. I think when people, uh, if it doesn't totally resonate, it's because, uh, they don't, understand maybe the, everyone's doing the internal statistics. If I came to you and said, Hey, we have a really cool product that prevents uh, lightning from striking your kid. Done. Sign me up. Yeah. But would you pay nine bucks a month for that? I would not because statistically it's it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I feel like some parents don't necessarily appreciate, uh, the, the potential risks that their kids are, are, are facing, you know, like for instance, the, the numbers, I mean, this comes from the CDC, one in 10 high school girls every year attempt suicide. Now, if you're if you have a daughter yeah. and they have nine friends, I mean, statistically, yeah. it's gonna be one of them, right? right. So, um, I, that's just an example. That's just sure. that's just suicide. But if you you know you think about you know depression and anxiety, you think about cyberbullying. You know, when you start to look across the whole swath of things that kids have to go through, statistically, it is very likely that that you, that they're gonna go through it. Unfortunately, I think a lot of parents don't necessarily know that. Right. And so, a lot of what we're trying to do is is educate parents about 
the level of risks. And, and we certainly don't want to be, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's hard. I mean, we, we don't want to live fearfully, right. but we also want to understand the reality too. So um, anyway, I would just, I would encourage any parent to kind of think about that and make sure that, um, you know, they're, they're doing everything they need to, to, to make sure their children are, are protected in every way possible, but still giving them, you know, the freedom to explore and to grow and develop. Right. Absolutely. That is awesome. Brian, thank you again for your time. Thank you. We are going to pivot now to my favorite segment of the episode, which is the dad joke of the week. It is where I will give some dad jokes and try and make the guests laugh and the audience <laughs> groans. I can't hear them. So it works out for me. Perfect. But I always put the guest on the spot first. Do you have a dad joke you would like to offer up? Oh my goodness. I feel like I, uh, my, my kids would probably say that I, I just crank out dad jokes without <laughs> meaning to, um, things that I think are funny that maybe they don't. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I, uh, let me think about okay, that. Okay, fair enough. All right, so I've got two for you. So, uh, so before you oh, start, sure. yeah, yeah. Am, am I supposed to try to not laugh? No, 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 no. Like, I always want you to laugh. I always want I the guests to laugh. I know you want me to laugh. Right, right. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's up to you. I guess that's up to you. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Uh, how many lips do flowers have? I don't know. How many? Two lips. <laughs> Two lips. There we go. All right. And then my last one for one. All right. There we go. All right. My last one I've got for you uh, was uh, why did Uncle Randy put his computer on the radiator? Computer on the radiator. Um, I don't know why. It was frozen again. <laughs> all right. There we go. There we go. That's awesome. So those, were, those were all I had. Those are great. I like those. I like those. Did you think of one or are you good? Uh, I, I did not. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'm sorry. All right, that's okay. So, Brian, if people want to follow you and follow Bark, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So, uh, www.bark.us, B-A-R-K.us. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we're also on all the all the socials as yes. well. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. Bark.us. And, and I will link all of that in the show notes. That way, if people are ready to go sign up or they want to go follow, they can do so. Just scroll down. If you're listening right now, click on the links that are in there, and you will be set for life. So there we go. And then we, de- we do need a hashtag for this episode. I know you guys have a specific hashtag you, you've been using for the summit, and I forgot to write it down. Do you it, offhand? It is, it is Bark Parents. Ah, there, there it is. I see. Hashtag Bark Parents. So... We'll use that for the episode. So, Brian, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And uh, you're welcome. You are always welcome to stop by either in person <laughs> or uh, via remote. So, uh, But, uh, listeners, we will have uh, some more great content coming your way. I know I've already got some great episodes lined up for when I get back into the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But until next time, hashtag BarkParents, hashtag Dad2Summit, and hashtag BeABetterDad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.